We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, welcome back to the show. This is PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. I'm Jimmy McCam, your host, broadcasting live from the Arius Medical Studios. Find them online at aureusmedical.com. Leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. You got a physical therapy license. You got a physical therapist assistance license. You have a license to practice. Let that license take you wherever you want to go geographically in the 50 U.S. states with positions all over plus D.C. And uh, all different settings, not just outpatient orthopedics. People think, oh, just outpatient ortho. No, 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 no. All different settings. So find them online, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Subscribe to the podcast. This is important. Uh, some people were confused about uh, subscribe. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe to a podcast. I just, I want to clarify that. I feel like this is like eight episode, like 850, and we still need to clarify that. I want to make sure you know that. It's just like subscribe. So, hey, when you guys pop another one out, I'll just get a little notification thing so I won't miss something. So do that. Subscribe wherever you listen. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. Plus, we're video casting these things now on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, uh, at PT Pinecast on the socials. Uh, great show for you tonight. This is one you might want to get out the keyboard and drop some comments or write in some questions. And you can do that as we are, we're broadcasting this live. Uh, just drop those in the, uh, the comments below, and we will see those on screen. We can bring in the smart, innovative questions, the things that you're wondering about. Uh, don't feel shy. Uh, if you are watching live, if you're out there right now, just drop the word live plus where you are geographically. I'm always like concerned. I'm concerned about you. I want to know where you are. So do that live. If you're watching the replay, same thing, replay and where you are. Uh, let's get to the guest tonight. I like this. It's something I know very little. If not, I'm going to say nothing about right now. Uh, guest tonight is CEO of CAR, which is the nation's leading provider of healthcare real estate for healthcare professionals. Let's bring him in. Colin Carr. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Excited. Come on, we get the hard questions out of the way very early, okay? Toughest question is always first, what are we drinking? Uh, so I'm still I'm still uh, keeping it real with my LaCroix right here. LaCroix. I like to say LaCroix because it makes me feel fancy. Well, this I, is and this is also uh, the Pamplemousse flavor. Which Pamplemousse, is, yes. Which I had French, for water, uh, French for grapefruit, excuse me. It sounds so fancy when the, Fr the French I hear you. I hear uh, you. Again, I'm doing, uh, you know how like when the, the bigger, taller beers come in, like the four packs, uh, a buddy sent me uh, the Mega Boss IPA. So I save this because I want to run out for special occasions. So thanks to uh, to Jay Grimes and company for uh, for dropping me a beer. So cheers to you, no matter what you're consuming with La Croix, the Pomplamoose is very good. Uh, so Colin, we, uh, we introduced you as saying you're... You're, you're, you're CEO of this organization, leading nation's leading provider of healthcare real estate for healthcare professionals. Originally, when when I saw this on our schedule of talking about real estate, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how we're going to make sense of this. But that's, it makes about as much sense as a physical therapist who used to be a radio DJ uh, hosting a podcast about <laughs> physical therapy. So uh, first, let's talk about you. Let's find out who you are. Just your, your brief backstory. You know, what brings you uh, to the to the profession that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm broadcasting from Castle Rock, Colorado. That's where I live. It is a suburb south of Denver, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, quick story on me. I grew up in northern Michigan, little resort town called Charlevoix. They're, they're more of the French for you. Uh, beautiful town in the water, really cool place. Uh, I got into property management when I was 19. Wow. I started managing apartment complexes. I met a gentleman that owned a bunch of buildings. Uh, told him I'd work for free, just wanted to learn what he knew. And 
Uh, he was gracious enough to mentor me there. Moved to Colorado when I was 20. Uh, started managing apartment complexes in Denver as well. Got my broker's license when I was 23. And after a number of years of doing you know, traditional commercial real estate deals, office tenants, retail tenants, land, uh, investment, whatever, whatever moved, industrial, I had the chance to work for a handful of healthcare providers. And the, the long story short is I witnessed firsthand how, uh, how badly healthcare providers were getting treated during negotiations. A lot of times they didn't know it, but I knew it because I knew the, the margin on these deals. And I watched a handful of healthcare providers lose literally tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in a few deals. And it gave me the idea to go on that side of the transaction. So 2009, I started a company called, at the time, Car Healthcare Realty. We shortened it to Car because everyone shortens everything. No matter what the name is, it gets shortened to, to one word or a few letters these days. And all we do is represent healthcare tenants and buyers. So physical therapists, veterinarians, dentists. Uh, we don't list properties. We don't have a sign in front of a building. We only help healthcare providers with their real estate transactions. It doesn't make any sense. 20 years ago, this wouldn't have made any sense. But now with, with geography being out of the equation in terms of being able to make deals and, and survey properties virtually, now it makes complete sense, right? It's just, it flips the funnel around completely. Um, this is fantastic. This is so niche, but I mean, that's the niche is the new broad right yeah. here you know, in, yeah. in 2020 in the digital age. Yeah, that's the game plan. I mean, when I was when I was in commercial real estate, most brokers are generalists. They'll do an office deal, a retail, an industrial, a land. They're just looking for the transaction. You do find certain agents that will start to focus in, in specific areas. And at the time I started this, there were a handful of brokers that all they did was medical, but they were all on the landlord side. They wanted to work for the large hospital system. They wanted to work for the publicly traded REIT that all they did is own large medical office buildings and nobody was on the doctor's side. And again, I had a couple of transactions where I was actually on the landlord side, working for a large landlord, publicly traded landlord, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in assets. They negotiated professionally for a living. And we had a transaction where a doctor was doing a renewal. It was a plastic surgeon. They were in a building. They'd been there for a while. They were paying $29 a square foot. And I asked the, or the landlord asked me, he said, does the doctor know the market? And I said, no, he doesn't. He said, does he have a broker? No. Is he willing to move? No. And I talked to him, the doctor told me everything as far as his motivation. And so the asset manager, who's a guy sitting in a, a cubicle in, in Scottsdale, who gets paid to increase values of, of real estate by increasing lease rates, he said, go back to him at 31 a square foot. And I said, well, he's already paying 29 and we're marketing space in the building at 24. Like, I mean, if this guy just looks at the brochure, this guy just does some homework and he goes, well, you already told me he's not willing to move. So even if he sees the brochure, you said he's not willing to move. Wow. And he, and he said to me, he said, a market lease rate, Colin, is the most that I can get these guys to pay. And so we did a deal with an ENT at 24 a square foot because that ENT uh, knew what he was doing and had representation with a very good broker. And then we come up to this plastic surgeon deal and the asset manager says, go back to him at 31 a square foot. Well, you start running a $7 a square foot difference on 3000 square feet. All of a sudden you get $21,000 in extra rent per year, 10 year lease. That's 210,000. And then as you know, you, you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. So you make a $210,000 mistake on just the lease rate. You might have to produce a million dollars to pay, to pay those invoices. And then, that's not even getting into the fact that it's very common if you know what you're doing, you have really good representation. You can get 
free rent, even on a, on a lease renewal. You can get what's called a tenant improvement allowance where they will give you money to renovate the space. That's very common in commercial. If you're going to commit to a five, seven or 10 year lease, they'll give you money. And so this, this doctor not only paid an extra 200,000 more than they should, they got zero free rent. So they lost under their $40,000, $50,000 there. And then they got no money to renovate their space, which means that their space looked worse than it should have because they weren't willing to put money in there. They could have got a brand new refresh. And so you start to add up the numbers and we're not talking about, again, saving a dollar on a, a case of rubber gloves or, you know, can I get, can I get disinfectant cleaner by the caseload? If I buy it in bulk, can I save four or $5 per case? We're talking about if you make a mistake, it's going to cost you tens of thousands at the wow. minimum. Usually it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. How many patients will you have to see to make up the difference in that? We're talking about months or years worth of extra patient interactions. Wow. Exactly. Uh, Pennywise Pound Foolish, you mentioned, hey, rubber gloves or, you know, if I buy in bulk or if I go to Amazon, I can save a couple of nickels and you, you fumble this this big transaction. I'll be honest. I don't know anything about it. Um we we talked about this just before we started. You know, my background's radio broadcasting, and I was giving, I was on a, I was on a radio uh, podcast today where we got into the topic of the things that we know, right? The things that we're kind of experts on, we tend to devalue those because, hey, I know about communication stuff, so I just assume everybody knows about communication stuff, so yeah. it's not that valuable, right? So I, I put it down here on the list instead of way up here because if it's rare, it's val it, it's valuable, but I just assume everybody knows it. And what you know there is something that can save people hundreds of thousands of dollars over their practices. Like you're talking about, you know, a two hundred thousand dollar mistake for for one thing. So this is something that you might be a great clinician, but you could completely fumble the ball in the one and put your practice in the hole just by not asking for help. And th this is the funny full circle part. This is how we close the loop is we as clinicians will look around and say, listen, if you just saw me sooner, that back pain would have gone away six months faster. You could have worked more if you if you work with your hands or if you move, you could have done more with your life. I mean, that, not even was just your job. But we say that all the time. If you, if you just saw me because I'm a professional and sometimes we'll just negotiate things because we're like, how hard could it be? Yeah. Well, and, and the problem is in commercial real estate, you only get one crack at this thing every five, seven or 10 years. That's yeah. another really big problem because most of the things in life you think, all right, well, if I mess it up, then I can hire someone to fix it for me in the future. Or if I try it and it doesn't go well, I'll just hire someone. You know, you, you try to you know repair your dishwasher or you try to do something handy around the house. You try to build something, you try to buy something. Yeah, if it doesn't work, I'll just go somewhere else or I'll get someone to do it for me. The problem is as a healthcare provider, you start a negotiation thinking you're going to the, take the do-it-yourself, the DIY mentality. And then what you're doing, though, is you're showing the landlord that you have no idea what you're doing. Right. The fact that you show up without representation, here's what I can tell you. Chipotle is not showing up without representation. Lockheed Martin's not showing up. Charles Schwab's not showing up. These people are coming to the table with, with either an internal team of real estate professionals that all they do is negotiate on behalf of that large company or they're hiring the most qualified broker they can possibly find in that market. The reason being is because it's typically it's their second or third highest expense. Payroll is typically number one. Real estate comes in very close to number two in most scenarios, whether it's two or whether it's three, it doesn't matter. It, it's a big deal. You're, you're, highlighting, you're, you're highlighting where it appears at first glance that, man, if I'm going to hire Colin, well, that's a cost. I'm going to pay Colin something. I don't want to pay anything. I can do it myself. Yes, you can. You can do it yourself and you can pay yourself zero dollars. So, hey, man, you're ahead until that negotiation occurs. 
But here's here's the here's the sucker punch, which is what you're talking about. You might walk out of the room thinking that was great. I paid Colin nothing and I got out and I did that deal. The deal is done. But you have no idea what it could have looked like or should have looked like if Colin had been in the room or someone like you had been in the room. And let me let me take it one step further and, and give give a little more insult to injury on this one. Here, here's the biggest misunderstanding or misunderstanding in commercial real estate. Healthcare providers specifically think, well, if I don't hire an agent, I'm going to save money. The problem is you're the buyer or the tenant if you're operating as a healthcare provider. Buyers and tenants don't pay commissions. Landlords and sellers pay commissions. So just like in residential real estate, if you're buying a home in residential real estate, you don't pay your broker. The buyer's broker gets half the commission from the listing agent. So if you're going to sell your home, you hire a listing agent, you negotiate and agree to pay them a commission, and then they offer half the commission for someone to bring them a buyer. If the buyer shows up without an agent, then the listing broker gets a double commission. So here's the problem. In commercial real estate, you have all these tenants that are healthcare providers because no sophisticated company does this, but you get a healthcare provider that doesn't understand the business side of it. And they say, well, if I don't use a broker, I'm going to save 2% or 3%. The problem is you're not the one determining the commission structure. Right. The landlord's already got a commission agreement or has a certain amount of money set aside wow. and that money is getting paid whether you use a broker or not. This, if you were a for sale by owner and you were a doctor selling your own building, yes, you could choose to sell it yourself and then only pay half a commission. But in the scenario of you being a healthcare provider, you are a buyer or a tenant, the commission's already set aside for you to have a broker. So if you don't use an agent or a broker, same thing, you not only waste 30, 40 hours of your valuable time, you get an inferior deal. The money that would have paid your broker gets paid to somebody anyways. Wow. It's kind of the best analogy I give you is imagine a patient having, you know, a couple thousand dollars set aside with their insurance. You already met your, your, your deductible, your premiums were all there. And so you got a couple thousand dollars available to you to go to the doctor and you say, well, I'm just going to go pay cash or I'm not going to go at all. And yet the insurance company had the money set aside. It, it wouldn't have cost you a dime and you yeah. either forego the procedure or whatever you need, or you to go ahead and just pay out of pocket. And it's like, well, you just lost a lot of money. You didn't have to, the money was already there. Commercial wow. real estate, landlords and sellers pay commissions, tenants and buyers should never pay their agent or broker. And so as a healthcare provider, you get hundred percent free representation and it doesn't cost you a thing. Wow. I mean, this, this, this just goes in line where at first glance, things seem very, very simple, right? Hey, Colin's trying to sell me something, man. He's trying to make Colin's in it to make himself. And he's, he's telling me, I mean, his pitch sounds good, right? Hey, you hire me, you pay me and I save you money. Um, but when you start to, and at first glance, it might be like, well, I could just do it myself. Sure. You can. And here's, here's three different ways that you can really botch that job. I'll tell you that. Make sure you get a good real estate broker. Make sure you get a great tax person. Right. I mean, these are the people you can do your own taxes by all means. You're going to have to stay up on tax code. There's a bunch of stuff you don't know. I've done my own taxes when I didn't have any money when I was a new grad because what did I have to lose then? But you, do you have an idea what you're waiting in there? A great somebody who knows their craft and I'll call it a craft because it, it that's that's their craft. That's the thing that they do. Um, whatever they're charging investigate it, but also it's probably going to be worth your time and your effort and definitely your money. Wow. Some of those stories just like, just blow me away. Just really, really blow me away. So wait, we've talked about hiring a broker. Can you negotiate yourself? You can negotiate yourself, but you've highlighted a couple of reasons why you probably shouldn't. But is, is there ever a good reason to negotiate yourself? 
Not that I can tell you. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the problem. Even if you were, let's say you were a master negotiator, you're taking your expertise of what you've done, maybe a handful of transactions. Maybe you have 10 locations. Maybe you've done a couple of leases here and there. That's great. The landlord's still not going to respect you the same way. Right. The landlord's going to assume that you don't know what you're doing because again, have you done more deals than Chipotle? No, but Chipotle is yeah. still hiring agents on every transaction. That's such so a good Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, Chipotle is not walking in an accident and they're paying people, I'm guessing, a lot of money to do these. Why? Because they're getting their money back in the long run. Well, in the, in the scenario, Chipotle is not paying their brokers because it's the same thing. They're hiring agents or brokers that the landlord is then paying half the commission to. Wow. That's the game. So again, in any commercial real estate, any residential real estate, buyers and tenants never pay the agent. And you say, well, why is that? Short story or long story short, I can go short story long too. <laughs> um, usually my answer is really long and I have to change it to short story long. But uh, the back you know, decades ago, uh, the 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 industry was people would list a property and then they wanted to find tenants or buyers. So they started offering commissions and then brokers started becoming sub agents of those listing agents. And so several states came together and said, hey, we, we need to have representation on both sides. It's like going to court and only one side has an attorney. Right. right yeah. You can offer to pay a commission to them to bring you a buyer or a tenant, but they can't be a sub agent of the listing agent. We can't have two agents on one side. We don't know who's working for who. So they came up with the idea of buyer representation. And today I think it's like 95% of every residential transaction. There's an agent on the buyer side. Yeah. It'd be no different in commercial because commercial is significantly more hard or more confusing and yeah. has a lot of additional challenges. Wow. Just bring someone to the game that knows what they're talking about to protect you. Right. And to, to, to know the game that this if this isn't your bag, if this isn't your primary thing, make sure you have somebody in your corner. Uh, what does it mean to have posture? What is po we, we know PT posture, right? Ergonomics. But what does it mean to have posture and negotiation? What is that? All right. So your ability to negotiate the most favorable terms are tied to you having posture. Posture means that you are not at the mercy of one landlord or one property. In order to create posture, you've got to have options. And you've got to have a game plan that you can execute. You start by having posture by hiring an agent that's going to represent your interests exclusively. You don't ask the listing agent to help give you information. Uh, you don't you don't run around by yourself. You start by hiring an expert. And what that communicates right away is that you're serious about getting the best terms possible. Your agents, if your agent's a professional and they're an expert, they're not going to let you get taken advantage of. They're not going to accept an inferior deal. So posture starts with having an agent that represents your interests. That agent then communicates your position. And then the next element of it is that you have to have multiple options. And, and how do you do that? You, you negotiate with multiple landlords, multiple sellers. Residential real estate, you go out there and look at houses either online or in person. You find the house you like, you submit an offer in that house. It's a binding contract. If the, if the seller says yes and they sign it, you're locked and loaded and you're under contract. In commercial, you negotiate with non-binding letters of intent or no. request for proposals. So you can trade paper and go back and forth in commercial real estate with three or four landlords simultaneously. And in doing so, what you're communicating is that, hey, I, I'm not just gonna assume that what you're offering me makes any sense or is even, even remotely compelling. I'm gonna go to the market and in doing so, I'm gonna become a market expert. Now, again, the doctors shouldn't be wasting their time doing this. They should hire an agent to do it for them. But that agent then takes what could have been 30 or 40 properties whittles it down to the top seven or eight. You look at the top seven or eight, and then you negotiate on three or four properties simultaneously. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, you know if it's a good or bad deal. If some landlord gives you an offer and it's bogus, or hey, maybe it's got a decent lease rate, but the tenant improvement allowance and free rent package is nowhere close to what it should be, you now have the ability to say that's not a market transaction. How do I know it's not market? Because I got three other properties that are willing to do A, B, and C. And so that gives you what we call posture, that gives you leverage. If if you are tied to one property only, or if you don't have the ability to measure one deal against another deal, you have no posture, you have no leverage, that puts you in the place where you are literally begging or bartering. Like, would you please give me a better deal? And it's most people think negotiating is no matter what price they give you, you just ask for less. No matter how many concessions they offer you, you ask for more. And landlords know when that's a bluff. And, and when you do that, people go, well, it can't hurt to ask. It actually can hurt you because it shows you know you don't have a clue what you're doing. And the landlords then, if they would have given you a better lease rate or more concessions, they actually will will, will give you much less. They'll, they'll say, you know what? This person doesn't know what they're doing. They're not really serious. They probably don't have other options. And until I'm convinced that they have a posture, they have the ability to create leverage, I'm not going to push as far as I would to make this deal as somebody else. And we it's, see it day in and day out. It's just funny because like, I could see where you know, someone like yourself would slide right into an industry because healthcare providers are typically altruistic and they're typically just like, yes, I'm here to help people. And this, this space looks great. I can picture patients in it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem like a nice guy. Uh, sign the papers. This seems like a good deal. Yep. And then everything we talked about at the front end of the show, which is now you're paying for that mistake for years and years and years to come because you sign them a dotted line. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to understand too, a lot of landlords are very savvy. Like they're not going to come up and just punch you in the face and then tell you, I hate you. And I'm going to take advantage of you. A lot of times they're very respectful. They're very cordial. They'll offer to get you inside the space. They'll send you the listing brokers. Can I get you brochures? Can I get you in touch with an architect? Um, we could help design the space for you. And they start offering these services that are valid, but they're doing it so that you drop your guard. You start to trust mm -hmm. them. And then, and then when you start negotiating, they hit you with, you know what, I would love to do that, but we've never done that for a tenant before. Or, you know, we just, we've never gone this low, or we just did a lease at this term or these terms and these offers. And, and, and we can't go below that because it's market now. The, the last deal determines the market. So we can't go below this lease rate. Or we can't give you more. And it's this compelling pitch of, hey, I'm trying to be your friend. I'm trying to help you make the deal. But what the doctor doesn't realize is that listing agent has a fiduciary obligation. They have a legal obligation to help the, the landlord achieve the most favorable terms. So they can do it to your face and be super nice, super respectful and accommodating, but they have a legal obligation where their license is tied to it because of their contract with the landlord or seller, where they have to work only on behalf of the landlord or seller to help that landlord or seller maximize their profitability. And in doing so, the doctor loses a ton of money. Wow. And they, they don't know what's happening. Yeah. Go, go into this, go into this proceeding, knowing what you're, knowing what you're talking about. And I, for me, it seems like the easiest way to do that is to bring someone along with you who's been into this situation before. Uh, Colin, what would you suggest in terms of, uh, in terms of financial education resources, things that, things that you would, you know, push healthcare providers, um, towards to educate themselves better in terms of real estate maneuvers? The best thing you can do, and I know it sounds like a, a broken record, or it might sound like a plug, but you, you've got to hire experts that understand that understand the industry. You've got to hire somebody. And so let's break this down. 
first of all, you got to hire someone that does commercial real estate, not residential real estate. There's a difference. You say, what's real estate? Is there a difference between types of therapy? Is emotional therapy different than physical therapy? Is 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 an autism center or brain balance different than than occupational therapy? Well, they're all therapy. No, there's a big difference. Someone says, why? Well, you know, I need to get my hip replaced. Is that an orthopedic surgeon or is that a psychotherapist? Like, there's right. a difference. So just because it's real estate doesn't mean that the person's qualified. Start with someone who does commercial real estate, number one. Number two, find someone who understands the healthcare industry. Again, a restaurant has very different needs than a physical therapist or a veterinarian, and there are nuances that are worth understanding. Next thing is you've got to hire an agent that's not going to work for a competing landlord or seller that has no conflicts of interest. What I mean by this is it's really common to drive around. So I don't know anybody. So you just call on a sign. Yeah, this guy's got a sign here. I'm going to call this broker. The problem is if, if any broker that you are talking to has a listing or works for a landlord or seller in the area that you're looking for, they're disqualified because you can't go to the market now and look at your target area with your requirement and have an unbiased opinion. If, if an agent is representing you and they also work for a competing landlord of a property that you might consider in the area, who are they going to represent on that property? So maybe three properties, they can give you an unbiased opinion, but what about the fourth and the fifth where they work for the landlord or seller? And that's really common. People wow. call on a property. It's not a fit. That broker will start representing them, but they also work for another landlord in the area. You've got to have no conflicts of interest. If you're going to court, you don't ask the other person's attorney to give you advice. You just realize, hey, stop. Yeah. Say that one more time because I think that frames it in the best possible light, which is if you're going to court, you don't ask the other person's attorney for legal advice. Exactly. I mean, if, if the IRS says, hey, we're going to perform an audit on you personally and professionally, you don't sit down with the auditor and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? No, you get a really good CPA or tax attorney to the table and then they're going to say, no, this is that's not right or that's not true. Or, hey, I don't care what they're saying. That was filed properly. And then they protect you. But you, you've got to have a game plan. So commercial real estate uh, understands healthcare, and then no conflicts of interest. That's you start with that right there. And then that person tells you about the market, tells you what's available. They can tell you if you wanted to ever talk about ownership versus leasing, they can run a detailed purchase versus lease analysis. They can they can talk about the tax deductions you're going to get with depreciation if you own the mortgage interest write off. They're going to talk about appreciation, the value of the building increasing over time. They can talk about principal pay down, how every month you stroke a check, uh, your net worth can go up by several thousand per month. And then they can also compare that to saying, I know ownership sounds great, but here's why leasing can make sense. More flexibility, uh, a big, a big build out allows, maybe the landlord will pay for your entire build out and give you enough free rent to offset all your moving costs. Wow. And maybe your, your occupancy costs could go down dramatically and we could put maintenance of the space or the HVAC that's on the landlord and, and remove that liability from you or whatever, whatever the situation. So there's pros and cons of leasing, pros and cons of ownership. And the, the bottom line is you can spend 30, 40 hours of your time trying to figure it out, or you can hire someone who that's all they do for a living. And you're going to get an education that's 10 times better. Like th that's another big one too. You don't, you don't transfer all authority to a real estate agent and just say, well, you just do it. Then you sign it for me. The agent's job is to educate you and inform you along the way. If somebody comes in and has an issue, the, the therapist says, hey, listen, here's the cause of the issue. Here's how we're going to fix it. Here's the game plan. Here's how I'm going to go shoulder to shoulder with you for the next several months and make sure that it gets done right. They don't just say, hey, I'm not going to tell you what's going on. Just trust me and I'm going to fix it for you. Like, like You inform them of what's happening 
what's the progress? They make decisions. What are you feeling? Is this working? Is it not working? And you collaborate. It's the same thing with real estate. Wow. I mean, I'm, I was going to ask, like, is there a reason you shouldn't do it? But I don't think I'm going to ask that question. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm biased. Uh, yeah, but OK, but you, this is your this is uh, you, you. You're giving me the, the, the rules of a game I've never played and saying you could do it yourself, but you could spend 40 hours trying to figure out those rules. And by the way, you might miss one thing that even though you read the, you read what you were supposed to read, you would have missed it. Or by the way, that's changed. That doesn't apply in this situation. Well, well, let me say it this way. Okay. So I'm, I've been doing real estate now for almost 20 years in some capacity. I've personally done well over a thousand transactions. I have been involved in thousands of other transactions with agents. We have, you know, people in 40 plus states. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of commercial real estate transactions and I'm an expert in that area. If I was going to do something in multifamily with apartments, I would hire a multifamily specialist to help me. I've, I've, I've bought and sold multiple houses. When I sell my personal residence, right. even though I'm quote a real estate expert, I always hire a residential agent to represent me. Why? Because they know the industry, even though I'm qualified to do it because I have a license and I'm, I'm supposedly an expert in real estate. It's not the area that I specialize in. And every time that I've hired a residential agent to sell a house for me, They've sold it for hundred, $150,000 more than I would have got myself if I did it. And so in that case, as a, as a seller, I actually paid a commission to them. But what was my net? I paid them a fee and I, I still walked away with a significant increase. Yeah. In the case of a healthcare provider, you're not cutting a check if you're a tenant or buyer and you're going to benefit by a substantial amount of money. Yeah, there, there's just differences. I mean, you 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 highlighting those because I mean, yeah, I would have thought there's some differences between commercial and uh, and residential, but yeah, I mean, if a, if a pediatric patient walks into a a, a sports clinic, I don't is is that in their bag or should they be referring? So this is a great a great example. All right, so people are listening right now; they're nodding along. What's one or two questions that someone can ask if they go to someone like Colin or you're trying to figure out, hey? Well, who am I going to work best with or what are some things they should ask them off the bat to figure out which professional they should work with? Yeah. So uh, you should probably be able to tell on their website, whether they're commercial or residential, if that's how you got there. Great. If you don't go to the website, you can ask them, you know, are, are you commercial or are you residential? The next thing is how many healthcare transactions are you involved with on an annual basis? Does your company specialize in healthcare? And then the next one is, uh, do you have any references? Can you send me some referrals? If the, if the person says, yeah, you know, I do, you know, I do a couple dozen healthcare transactions per year. It's all we do. You know, here's the last 20 doctors that we've worked with. That's a phenomenal way to do it. If that person doesn't exist in, in your market, then you, you want to try to find the most qualified person. At the end of the day, there's too much on the line not to hire someone. And then because of that, you got to make sure you're comfortable. So people say, what if I talk to an agent or broker? I'm not comfortable. Then, then call somebody else, go to the next person. And, and for me, going back to your other question, whether it's my company or, or people that are in our company or not, you should go to somebody. It's kind of like saying, hey, listen, if you need to have a tooth removed, you know, if you don't want to go to this dentist, go to some dentist. Like I think any dentist would say, like, if I'm not your dentist and you don't want me to remove your tooth, go to somebody. Like I know Tom Hanks showed you how to remove a tooth with a rock and stuff like that. And, you know, that sounds – It was an ice skate. Yeah. Ice, oh, yeah. Ice is ice skate. Yeah, exactly. That's great. You can do that and you will – probably remove your tooth, but there's probably a better way to do it. So if it's not our company car, go to somebody, but you need to find someone who can help you in the process. All right. Give them the website. What's, what's your website? Where should people go if they want to just ask you a question or two? Yeah. Uh, website is car.us, C-A-R-R.us. 
Man. Upper right-hand corner, there's a couple of links. You can click find an agent and you can go to your city or market, find someone who all they do is healthcare tenant buyer rep. You can also click on uh, free evaluation. If you're in a space and you want to know, hey, how do my terms compare to the market? We'll do a, a detailed lease analysis for you. And we can tell you that you have a really good lease, you have an average lease, or you have a really bad lease. We can also tell you what your upside is uh, on your next transaction. We can do purchase versus lease analysis. And we can also tell you what the right time to start your next transaction would be. Huge mistake doctors make is they try to start it too early, which you can't create leverage or posture then. Renegotiating, you mean, or renewing? Rene renegotiating or renewing or a, a new transaction. Oh. You renegotiate your lease two years in advance. There's no fear of you leaving the space. The landlord right. knows you're obligated. They're not going to come to the table with a good deal. Wow. It's like someone saying, hey, I want to rent the the I want to rent your uh, vacation rental um, that's available. I want to rent your excuse me, I want to rent your rental house that's available right now that you're sitting on that's empty that you're waiting for someone to occupy. And would you hold it for me for a year and a half? You're like, no, of course not. You you come to the table two years early on a lease renewal negotiation. The landlord is going to say, I have I have no fear of losing you. You have to pay rent for two years. No, I'm not going to voluntarily reduce your lease rate. Right. Flip side is you get doctors that wait until their lease is up in a month or two and the landlord knows, hey, it's clear you're not paying attention. It's clear you have no idea what's happening and you're asleep at the wheel. So no, it's if you're again, if you're serious, you would have started the transaction at the right time. You would have had an agent representing you and you'd be telling me what terms you'd accept. That's another that's another big mistake doctors make. Doctors will say to the landlord, why don't you send me a proposal? What that says is I have no clue what I'm doing, all right? Again, if you were to go buy something and you walked up to the person selling it and said, hey, wh what are you selling this for? What is it worth? If you had done your research and you really knew what was out there and you could walk up and say, hey, listen, you're selling it. You're selling this, uh, this product or the service. I know three other people that are selling the exact same product and they're selling it for this much. You have a benchmark. You have a, a measuring stick at this point to measure that deal or that option. And, and that's what you're looking for. You ask a landlord, send me a proposal that says, I have no clue what I'm doing. You need wow. to be telling the landlord, this is what it would take for me to stay in your property. This is what it would take for you to be competitive against the other options that I already have teed up, ready to go. And when you come to the table that way, the landlord says, this person's not playing games. I'm going to cut to the quick. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them the best terms I can get are pretty dang close. And I'm going to see if I can make a deal, but this person's not going to get played for the full. They're going to, they're going to require a real deal. Compete or lose me. Yep. That's it. I'm here to play. I'm not a sucker. Wow. This is a lot. I didn't think <laughs> of any of these things. I mean, I don't own my own clinic, but like, wow, there's a lot of things going on that uh, I don't I don't think I would uh, I would have thought of. Uh, C-A-R-R.us. That is the website we want to send uh, send you to. Uh, I'm going to keep you in my hip pocket. OK, I've got people that come to me and tell me. And the cool part about 2020 is crazy as it is. A lot of people are actually opening their own clinics and going out on their own. A good time to do that. So uh, a lot of people, if you're listening out there, listen. He's got some. He's got some resources for you to look at that are completely free. Test it out, and then if you can find a counter argument to everything that Colin said, I would love to hear it uh, because I don't. I don't really. I, I can't envision it. Uh, anything I didn't ask, Colin? Anything that you you typically let healthcare providers know that I didn't get into? I mean, there's a ton of things we cover. Uh, let me let me leave people with a few just quick points. Uh, number one, you mentioned a lot of people right now are, are opening locations. That's a transaction you need help with. The number one transaction, though, in all of commercial real estate is the lease renewal negotiation. 
Okay. For every new location you see a doctor go into or a new, new space getting built out, there's probably 20 or 30 doctors that are renewing leases. So don't think it's just for a new office or if you're going to go buy a building. If you have a lease and it's coming up for renegotiation, that's actually the number one transaction where doctors get taken advantage of. Because the, the, the initial transaction is now ending just because you're still in that facility doesn't mean you need to just say, okay, well, whatever you're going to offer me, I'll just, I guess I'll just take, that is a new transaction is what you're getting to. It is. And it's, it's a brand new negotiation and that landlord needs to compete for your business. It's the exact same thing. And, and here's a, again, this is a very like basic hand gesture picture, but every, every or almost every lease has an annual increase in it. So you sign a five or seven or 10 year lease and the lease starts here and it bumps up every year, 3%, 2%, 5%, whatever it is. Well, inflation's there. And the reason that the leases have this is because of inflation. Inflation's here, but it doesn't usually match the annual increases. They usually outpace it. So you get to the end of the lease and you're paying this, but the market's here. And so it's very common on a lease to have the rate go down. Yet every lease you're going to ever see is going to say that the rent goes up. If you're in a five-year lease, it'll be 3% above the, the fifth year. If you're in a seven-year lease, it'll be a dollar square foot higher than year seven. They're always assuming the rent's going to go up and up and up and never come back down. And that's not the case. Wow. Prices go up and down. You, again, you see oil, like the price of gas. I drove by, it was say like $1.90 today. It was $4.50 several years ago. So you can't just assume just because you signed a lease – and you, you might say, well, I love the property. I don't want to move. That doesn't mean that you're not going to negotiate. That doesn't mean you're going to show the landlord your cards and just take whatever offer they give you. If you do, it's going to cost you a significant amount of money. So wow. I would say that. And the last thing I would say is people are asking right now, you know, COVID's here. It's real. There's some states seem like it's normal. Some states feel like it's, it's the end of the world. What's going on? This is what I'll tell you. You can get a better deal today than you could have prior to COVID happening in, in January, February of this year. Why? Right. Uh, because landlords are more concerned about spaces coming vacant in the near future with, with tenants that go out of business, with tenants deciding, I don't need this much space or my, my staff can work from home now, or we're going to reduce locations and try to get lean and cut overhead because they got pounded the last eight or nine months. So you get a lot of landlords that are very concerned about upcoming vacancies. And so if you have a lease coming up for renewal, you're going to get a better deal if it's done properly now than you would have back in February or January. If you're doing a new location, landlords are more aggressive to make deals and to get vacant spaces filled today than they were seven or eight or nine months ago. It's a softer market than it was prior. I'm not saying it's a it's a 50% off sale. Like it's not like, hey, this building costs a million too. You can buy it for you know 600,000. That's not what I'm saying. But if a, if a space was for lease at $25 a square foot, it's very realistic. You could get it for $23.50 or $23, or maybe get a couple extra months of free rents, or maybe get a higher tenant improvement allowance, or the landlord might flex a little bit in some other non-economic areas. Maybe they'll give you better signage or, or more parking or whatever it is that's important. The bottom line is they want to make deals. Landlords do not want vacant space right now. They're very concerned that the market's going to keep going down. They're going to lose more tenants. And that's how they pay their bills. It's no different than a doctor saying, I don't want to lose patients right now. It's probably not the time to raise raise fees for a lot of practices right now. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just saying as a whole, probably not the, the, the best time to try to raise raise fees and then maybe have some patients go somewhere else. You want to maintain as many patients as you can right now. You want to grow the practice. They want to maintain occupancy. They want to fill vacancies. And they're willing to stretch to make those deals. 
Wow. Good advice right there. Colin, are you ready to play three questions? Let's do it. Three questions right now. Three questions brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing. Find them online at AUSMedical.com. Uh, Colin, three questions we get inside your mind here. Uh, so Arias, leaders in travel physical therapy, uh, cl- clinicians moving about the country to do what they do, uh, where they want to do it. So you live in Colorado, but once it's safe and free to move about the country, where's somewhere within the 50 U.S. that you wouldn't mind going? Travel-wise or, or living? Uh, let's go travel-wise. Uh, I'm going to go spend uh, 10 days in Maui, and I'm going to hang out on the beach. Why so not? Yeah, and... A few months later, I might spend a few days uh, in Dana Point on the ocean there. And then the summertime, I'm going to go see my parents in northern Michigan and spend some time uh, on Lake Michigan. Why not? See the, you see the theme going on here? There's a there's water happening water. in lots of places. But yeah, I love being in the water. Love being in the water. Love spending time with the family by the lake. I'm right with you. And the cool part about all those places that you mentioned, they have people in them. And where there are people, they need physical therapists. And that's when you could do with Arias. So uh, A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. You're talking about uh, you're talking about going to the Big Island. Uh, we had a coconut mailed to us from our friend uh, James Spencer. Uh, you can actually mail a coconut. You can just yep. put stamps on a coconut. Never knew. We have, um, we've mailed coconuts. We've mailed many surfboards. We've we mailed have. pineapples. We've mailed... We- uh, cookies in the shape of a pineapple, all sorts of stuff to take care of. <laughs> uh, second question is a what question. What's something that you think the audience would gain value from? A book, a movie, a podcast, something that you're into? Oh, man, that's a that's a great question. What I would say, it, it, we've hit this a little bit, but I, I think that the game plan in life is you've got to get around successful people that know more than you do in areas that you're not as talented or as good as they are. And so you've got to find a way to get the right association. You got to find a way to get people that are further than you when it comes to financial planning or comes to investing. You've got to get people that are that are further than you are when it comes to you know public speaking or growing your practice or whatever area that you want to focus on. So for me, it's it's find people that are the most qualified, the most talented that you respect and admire, and then get around them. If it's getting through podcasts, great. If you can get a chance to get with them one on one, that's amazing. But if you can't, books, podcasts, live casts you know, reading their blog, whatever it is, get around people. Yeah. All right. Third question is a who question. I'm going to make you answer, answer someone specific. Who is someone the audience should know more about? So who is someone that you did what you just said, which is like, Hey, pay attention to this, follow, listen, read, appreciate. It doesn't need to be therapy related at all. I just love stacking up my, my Twitter feed and my Netflix queue by asking this question. So who's someone that you look at, look at that way? Oh man. Um, you you might stop me on that one personally. Hmm. I look at people like uh, I, I wind up finding a lot of people like TED speakers, right? People I've seen on TED Talk who you might have no idea who they are, and then someone like me for pops up like Guy Raz who hosts TED Radio Hour on NPR, but also he hosts a million other shows. But who who pops up? Who who's someone you look up to? Oh man, in the in the business world, yeah. We'll go there. So I've got a couple people that have helped me tremendously in the business world that are, I, I think, are, are pretty much under the radar and low key. Uh, so I've got a guy named Paul Milligan that has been a tremendous help to me. He he built he's built probably 10, 15 companies. He built a huge aerospace engineering company from scratch up to several hundred million dollars. He actually he actually has a handful of teachings out there in the business space. Uh, 
So yeah, I, I don't know if he has a Twitter feed. I don't know if he's on LinkedIn. Perfect. That's what we're looking for. I love those. Yeah. I, exactly what you just said. I usually say to people is who's flying under the radar doing amazing stuff that, you know what? Someone should, you know, throw them a follow or if they don't have a Twitter feed, hey, go, go read their blog or, you know, listen to their podcast or something like that. So Paul, let me, let me give this tip real quickly. This is one of the greatest things. I'll, I'll give you what he's told me and it's, it's transformed everything in my life. He talks about what's in your hand and what's in your heart. And he talks about how every person has something that's in their hand. It's what they do on a daily basis. And a lot of times it's, it might not be that exciting. It might be the mundane. It might be the average. It might be the insignificant. And yet every person has this thing also that's it's so lofty. It's in their heart. It's their vision. It's their dream. And the problem is most people try to go from what's in their hand and they just try to leap to what's in their heart and they don't take care of faithfully and steward what's in their hand. The, the, the reality is, is that if you take care of what's in your hand, if you take care of and you and you you operate with excellence on a daily basis and, and you do the things that no one else wants to do, what you find is what's in your hand all of a sudden comes very close and all of a sudden you find that the two connect with each other and you find yourself in a place where you're doing what you love to do. And a lot of people will will despise what's in their hand. It's too insignificant. It's not where I want to be. And they try to go from from zero to 100 miles an hour. You can't do that. And so the people that I know that are the most successful take care of business, steward faithfully what's in their hand, do the stuff that no one else wants to do. And the more they do that, the, the more the stuff that's in their heart or their dreams, their visions uh, become very real opportunities for them and the two collide. Yeah, it just so happens. There are all those overnight successes in the world just happen to have thousands of overnights before they actually pop that success. Got uh, it. That's great advice. I like that. Uh, that is three questions again, brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing, that website, aureusmedical.com. Last thing we do on the show, Colin, is the parting shot. Parting Shot, as always, brought to you by our friend from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopedic, uh, orthopt.org, uh, leaders in orthopedic physical therapy. A lot of good things going on in the uh, Academy, uh, like current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. If you're thinking about getting that OCS on the end of your name, right, getting leveled up in terms of uh, your orthopedic skills, uh, current concepts of orthopedic PT, a great intro course into prepping you for that exam. So when you take it, you feel confident that you know what you need to know, right? It's an easy path to follow to get to that OCS to help your patients a little better. So, uh, Colin, parting shot is really your chance for the mic drop moment. It's the last thing you're going to leave with the audience. So if you had to boil it down, it's not easy. You gave us a lot of information, things that we're probably, as, as, as healthcare providers, we're not thinking about. But what's one thing you want to leave us, us with? Hire professionals that are better than you in every possible area. I, I've said a couple of times, attorneys, get a great attorney. CPA, get a great CPA. Marketing company, get a great marketing company. Real estate, do the best you can. And hire people that are better than you. You know, when, when the water rises, all the boats rise with it. So yeah. get around people that are really good and they will take you to the next level. We say the same thing as clinicians, right? Hey, I see you suffering with that. Whatever ails you, I can help that. Hire a really skilled professional. Why wouldn't you? If you've got a counter argument, I'd love to hear it, uh, but I'm not seeing it. Uh, Colin, appreciate you dropping by. Uh, love love what you're sharing. Uh, like shedding a lot of light also scared me a little bit. Like, wow, how did I not see a lot of these things? But yeah, you, whatever you're speaking, I'm like, that seems like it would be legit. But uh, appreciate the insight. I know the audience does too. So thanks for coming out, man. Pleasure being here, man. Thank you. 
Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.